0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 220 of the podcast that you're snipped. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and it's a bonus episode. Um, there's some IVX cleanup in humans versus X-Men. We gotta mop it up a little bit. You know, I, I thought we were done talking about it, but then I thought, you know what, no, probably not. It's probably going to be a blight on this podcast for a ways to go. (laughs) Just, you know, the way way it all shook out. The way it's affecting the X-Books moving forward. I'm sure it'll be a a regular lament. Um, But, there are a couple of stories. We're not involved in IVX. We kind of fall right after it. And, the other thing, also, is that X-Men Prime just came out. And... I feel like there's a couple of these issues that have, you know, the the finales, the conclusions of these X-Books that have to be talked about before you can talk about X-Prime. And, you know, I've kind of got something special lined up for an episode that will be out later this week on covering X-Prime, which is probably more than it deserves, probably doesn't deserve any special treatment, but I haven't read it yet, so I should probably just wait um but anyway i'm trying to make it special for me <laughs> mostly and you guys too <laughs> i'm just being honest I'm, I'm trying to make the book more fun for me so i'm getting some some friends together to talk about it <laughs> but anyway it didn't make any sense to talk about some of these books after x prime even though they came out at the same time um so I'm going to do a very short episode uh, before we get there. How does that sound? Sound good? Good, 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 good. Glad you're on board. Um, so we're going to talk about the, the. you know, we already talked about the meh finale of Uncanny X-Men. So now we're going to talk about the equally meh finales of Extraordinary X-Men and All-New X-Men. Extraordinary number 20, All-New number 19, um you know and i kind of rushed through at the end of an episode talking about uncanny and i should say that i thought colin bun had some good ideas that just got caught up and and all the other stuff that had quote-unquote had to happen in the x universe and he didn't i feel like the story he was trying to tell kind of he still tried to finish it, but it was almost like in a backseat capacity to, to what he kind of had to do with the book. Um, it's unfortunate when that kind of thing happens, but that's kind of my overall feeling on that, the last volume of uncanny, um, which will be the last one for a little while. I anyway. that book can't, that title can't stay away too long, so it'll be back, but you know, not, not in the immediate future. Um, so, Andrew, uh, talking to him the other day, and <laughs> he was talking about IVX and, and kind of my semi rant, though I think I probably could have ran it a lot worse. I, I tried to tone it down. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> he basically was of the opinion and, and came to the conclusion that, you know, post secret wars, this whole uh, the Lemire era. though it's not just him. He only really had a couple of books. But um, anyway, the the post-Secret Wars Lemire era of the X-Men, he feels like he could have just skipped all of it and been okay. And I'm not really going to argue with that. Um, it has been a mostly underwhelming era of the X-Men that is coming to a close. And we'll see... Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll see <laughs> thankfully we still have all new Wolverine <laughs> that's been the saving grace of the X titles um, and you know again there's been a couple of good ideas just none of them really went anywhere and definitely no consequences to to the degree that you want to read I guess I don't know There are some people that have very, very different opinions about the X-Books right now than I do, and I think that is great. I want to share those opinions. I just don't always. But I want to. And anyway, uh, if I keep going down this stream, this episode is not going to be very short. (laughs) So let's talk about some comics. Uh, We have, like I said, two finales. We have Extraordinary X-Men number 20 and All-New X-Men number 19. Uh, Normally... I do Laura's book first because she's a real Wolverine, and then I do Old Man Logan after that because he's the uh, the fake Wolverine. <laughs> no, he's not. He's the Wolverine from a from a different universe. Why well, would you say that? And not another the brother from another mother, but the I don't know. And there's not a good not a good catchphrase for that. Anyway, that's what he is. He's the uh, the Logan from another universe, um, but he's here and he's doing his thing, and. To, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, but this th- these books kind of really uh, give us a timeline of how Jean Grey gets from point A to point B, and so it kind of follows her in order. So I'm gonna um, go ahead and do Extraordinary first. So Extraordinary X Men number twenty is of course written by Jeff Lemire, art by Victor Abanez, colors by Jade David Ramos letters by vcs joe Caramagna, and the cover is by david Yarden. and it's actually a pretty decent cover we have a really nice kind of sunset it looks really pretty uh, the colors are really cool that's all in the background and then we have kind of a trail of x-men leaving the the rubble behind and we have old man logan at the end of the line looking back And in the foreground is a brightly colored Jean Grey with her backpack. And she has the seal for the Jean Grey School of Higher Learning, which, you know, that whole thing had to be super awkward for her. uh, Being part of a school named for her dead former self (laughs) or dead, dead future self, dead future past self. I don't know. Um, But anyway, it's actually a really nice cover. I mean, I'm a David Yarden fan, I think. I would say. Um, I can't think of anything he's done that I didn't like. So I, w- I would call myself a fan. And his covers have been the best part of this book for a, a good little bit here. Um, and this cover is pretty good as well. Yeah, ha- I mean, it kind of indicates, you know, the X-Men are leaving. They're leaving where they were. They're moving on to something new. Riding off into the sunset as this book kind of uh, gets canceled. <laughs> For now, uh, X X books have a tendency to revisit their adjectives, so who knows? Extraordinary may come back at some point, but this is it for now. Um, so, like I said, we're post IVX, and we open up on storms. But oh, I mean um, storms standing at, at X Haven, and they're they're sending everybody back home. They're sending all the mutants back to Earth. You know, now the, the crisis has been resolved. They can survive on Earth, and so the X-Men are, are taking turns, taking shifts, and getting all the mutant refugees out of limbo. When they get a distress call. No girl gets a distress call, and they're wondering if it's Cerebra. And so old man Logan's going to take a team, he calls it the Cub Scouts, <laughs> and just go see if that's what it really is. So he takes some of the young mutants, including Gene, because, um, you know, He's got his old man lust he's got to deal with. Um, Ford says, I like Cerebra, so he's going to tag along. And he was getting bored anyway. So you go to South Dakota, where the signal is coming from, and there's like an abandoned kind of factory town, real small. Um, You know, Glob trying to kind of hit on Gene a little bit still. Then a bunch of sentinels a la the Grant Morrison run when they attack Genosha, all those crazy-looking, like, bug sentinels and stuff, they show up. And um, Logan's like, it was a trap. And Jean laments that the robots have no brains just so she can't manipulate them. But Logan's like, I love them. Guilt-free slice and dice. And we get a double snicked, and a nice little double snicked. One of the the better panels by Ibanias. And uh, Gene says, do you really ever feel any guilt when you slice people, Logan? And he's like, meh. So he's cut, they cut through some sentinels. Uh, we get a, it's Globber in time uh, by Enoli. And Glob is like, please quit saying that. <laughs> but they essentially take the sentinels out. They go into the factory. They find Cerebra. She had, um, I, I don't know. I'm always kind of red or feminine. I don't know. And maybe it's just my use of language the, the cerebra instead of cerebro makes it feel more feminine as well so anyway cerebra downloaded its consciousness uh, when emma destroyed it she uh, cerebra just kind of sent itself out and found this machine and it turns out this is the factory where emma was having her new inhuman hunting sentinels built but luckily everything's okay But then martha comes out she doesn't want her robot body anymore, and she offers it to Cerebra. And Cerebra takes it, so Cerebra has this kind of uh danger role. No, nah, that doesn't really fit. I was gonna go with the space thing, but that doesn't fit. But um, anyway, gets a new body, and and no girl's gonna float around. So they go back to Limbo. All the mutants are gone. They've been returned to Earth. Logan cracks open a beer, Cerebra's back in the new body, and the X-Men are trying to decide what to do to end up their time, and they decide to play some baseball in limbo. And they in we end the book with uh Gene Gray pitching, Logan's batting, nightcrawler's catching, he calls a strike, and and Logan argues the call. And that's kind of where we end up. So I gotta say the art. You know, I've, I've been kind of meh on Ibanez with a couple of exceptions, though. This this is some of his stronger work. It's actually not bad. And the story, um, this actually is, I mean, it's too little too late for this book, but it's actually, I thought, I'm going to, you know, Andrew and I talked about it. He was like, can just flush all this, <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, give me give me something new um but i actually enjoyed this story and this was the first time this book since issue one really like really with that one exception of the one i one of the, of the apocalypse stories i gave a high grade but with the exception of that uh, this is the first one since issue one that actually felt like a real like hit the notes x-men story um and it wasn't fantastic, like, it wasn't, like, a home run, uh, a baseball pun, (laughs) I get it, um, but, I don't know, like, them going, them getting the mutants home, tracking down Cerebra, fighting a few Sentinels, and then coming home and playing baseball, it just, it all felt very X-Men, and the dialogue wasn't too bad, even the Logan Jean stuff, which I usually cringe at, actually, and it would have been good humor to it, you know, kind of chuckled a little bit, um, yeah, so I, I thought this was it was a decent decent closing chapter. And you, if you remember way back when, at the episode when I had Matt on to talk about number one of the series, we were both pretty excited about the potential that issue displayed. And it never really got there. But this was a, a nice little book cap, I thought. I'm, I'm going to surprise some people. Um, I'm going to give Extraordinary X-Men number 20 four out of six claws. I thought it felt like X-Men, and I was very happy to read it. All right, so moving on to all-new X-Men number 19. Written by Dennis Hopeless. Art by Paco Diaz. Colors by Nolan Woodard. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Um, our cover is by Mark Bagley and Hennessy and Woodard. And on the cover, again, Jean Grey is the focus. And then we have the other all-new X-Men behind her now remember she hasn't been in this book for a little bit and so when she returns to earth after extraordinary number 20 you know we'll kind of see where where she shows up in this book um so in this book we have id and evan kind of talking about like what's next kind of a little metatextual uh what's going to (laughs) happen to these characters in this book and you know we don't know they're not necessarily in any of the uh Solicited rosters for the new X Books, so they, I think, may be getting left in the dust a little bit. And so, Hopeless kind of gives them an out, says they're hoping that the school can pick back up because they're ready to kind of quit fighting and just get back to learning again. So, I'm guessing that's going to be their role going forward. Um, Ice Man and Romeo are trying to grill, and they can't get the grill started, so Angel lights it with his fire wings. And Uh, We get a weird little side thing, like, where have you been? And reading these comics, you don't really know they were gone. (laughs) We just had uh, the IVX and the Monsters Unleashed stuff, and they didn't really necessarily go anywhere. But apparently, since he flew in, he had to fly from somewhere. And he says that he and Laura were, what were they doing? They were taking out a backwoods human trafficking ring. Crazy Ozark Hillbilly Gangsters. Winter's Bone by Way of Dog Patch. So there you go. And it's a nice little off color, not off color, like bad humor, but muted color panel of, of Wolverine and Angel slicing through some Hillbilly Gangsters. Then um, the Blackbird lands. We find out the Beast has called everybody here to discuss something. Uh, Cyclops is shooting a car. Gene shows up, Cyclops kind of gives her the cold shoulder a little bit, Uh, talks about how he's really mad that Emma got away, and and it's kind of like, well Gene, you haven't been here in a while, what's going on, why did you come back, Um, and then he remembers that Beast told him in one of those episodes, uh, one of those issues kind of off panel that we didn't see, now we get the reveal, that Beast told Scott that he time-traveled when he got back from Egypt with Evan, and then he went home and then came back. And so Cyclops runs off. Um, we go inside the, the party Winnebago, and Beast uses his Egyptian mask and his new demon persona that he can turn into and sends the X-Men back in time, where they came from. And that was right in the middle of the Unison Untouchable mission. Now, Scott's really excited. The rest of the X-Men are like, um, no, you know what, I'm kind of like where we were now, like the new lives we've, we've built in, in the future. Um, so there's no reason, we're like, we don't really want to come here. But Scott decides he's going to, he, like, now I know how to beat Unison Untouchable, so he's going to interfere with Beast Tackles. I was like, no, you need to see something first. And then we see the original X-Men in their original costumes in the best panel of the book. Um, and we even have the old X-Men logo inside the the word "balloon." Um, and Scott's like, "No, this is impossible. Like, if we left, and then we left. We didn't come back. So I don't, you know, I don't know if this is a time travel. Like, well, they do eventually come back, and they just have to wait until that time is or." But then B says no, it's just we can't do it. The the universe corrected itself and replaced us. So they still grow into their older selves, but the younger selves can coexist. And this to me, I'm kinda gonna, gonna kinda call cry foul here a little bit. Um this to me is just kinda they Jurassic Park this this bitch. Um and just kinda you know, life finds a way, <laughs> you know. The Jeff Goldblum thing, and so instead of coming up with like a real reason why the X, because let's face it, the all new X Men are what, the, what are they going to be now? X Men Blue, I think. Um, they're never going back to the past. I mean, and that's not going to happen. Um, the characters are, are are doing too well for Marvel, and people seem to be responding well. and And they've killed off some of the older ones, so they're kind of off the table. So, um. Yeah, these guys are here to stay, at least for a good while, you know, in addition to the good while they've already been here. But instead of coming up with like a good reason, um, you know, it's kind of like do some hand-waving and be like, oh, well, the universe corrected itself, and somehow there's, ourselves are back there still, too, somehow, but we're in both places, and... Scott's like, no, it has to be an alternate timeline, which would make sense. But Beast is like, nope, it's not. It's the only past this reality has. It's the same timeline. I stayed in the same timeline, and that's, that's what we saw. And I don't know, guys, listeners, Andrew, who's, who helped me out with the whole how did Gene fix Laura thing with the trigger set, um, we talked about his theory, right? I think so, yeah. After the fact, in the next episode. Um, so anyway, Andrew or other listeners, can you can either explain this. Either hopeless what he did here is brilliant and I'm just dumb as rocks. Or I'm just kind of average intelligence and this this thing doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Because I don't get it. I don't understand how they can, they can be in both places at the same time. And just saying, oh, the universe fixed itself is, doesn't mean a hill of beans to me. Um, and doesn't make the story any more enjoyable, really, at all. So there's not even that. Um, so Scott's really... So they go back to, to our time. And Scott's pretty down in the dumps again. Um... And Gene tries to comfort him. He kisses her. And Jean's like, uh, no, we're not doing that. We know where this path leads. It leads to, um, you know, cable, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and all kinds of bad stuff. Um, and so let's make our own, our own new path. And Scott's like, yeah. So they go and they're having a picnic. Romeo made tacos. He talks about all the different seasonings. He can mix and match. He says, he even brought sour cream. But he says, just please understand that if any of you soil one of my delicious tacos with that crap, I will immediately lose all respect for you. Amen. <laughs> sour cream is not going uh, Mexican food, in my opinion. So I'm with Romeo. Romeo's got my back, and I got his. So they, then, almost mirroring the other finale, they're like, well, what are we going to do before we move on to something next? We got some downtime. X Men, let's play some baseball. Evan's like, yeah, Evan, yeah, we could play baseball. Or, and he pulls out his iPhone and an external speaker, USB speaker. It says, we could dance. So, this, so the last page is four panels of X Men dance party inch, 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 inch. Um, I didn't want to go back. I missed something I wanted to talk about. Back when, at the very beginning, when Evan and um, Idy are talking, um, Idy says, just seems like the end of a thing, doesn't it? No more terror and Death Cloud. And Evan says, no more in humans versus X-Men. And Idy says, thank God. And I said, yep, thank God. <laughs> and of course, Hope was, wasn't I mean, he had the tie-ins, but he wasn't involved in the main series. So I'm wondering if maybe he is echoing my sentiments as well. Like, I didn't really, didn't really dig that. I had to do it in my book, but I would rather not have. Um, but anyway, I definitely echo their sentiments. thought that was one of the, some of the best dialogue in the book, <laughs> besides the sour cream bit. Um, yeah, so this art. All right, Paco Diaz. You may remember a few years ago, um, I believe we gave him a Wolverine award for his work on Japan's Most Wanted, which was super dynamic. Um, super crisp, uh, looked awesome, like Wolverine looked great, all the ninja stuff, he did look great. Um, I don't know if someone was like, dude, your stuff's too 90s, or whatever. Or I don't know. But he kind of... got a, I can still get art, but it's more bland. And it doesn't pop as much as what he did on Japan's Most Wanted, with the possible exception of the scene where we see the old X Men in the old costumes. Um, that that scene, that panel really, really pops out at you. But the rest of it just I don't know. It seems like Paco Diaz is kinda whether intentionally, whether it's exploring maybe he's exploring a new style, or maybe, you know, it just didn't I don't know. I don't know what the reason was, but it feels like it's it's still Paco Diaz, but it's watered down a little bit. You know, that's really the only way I know how to say it. It was just kind of of good, but I'll kind of probably forget that he did this book by the time I go to bed tonight. And I don't mean to be mean. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't really do much for me in, in this particular issue. But I did really like him and hope to see him do some more stuff um the story i don't i don't know uh the gene scott thing just felt kind of like oh i guess we have to do something with them to establish where they are in case you don't know you know with each other and you know they're not going to get back together even though they're going to be back on the same team again right so we got got to get that out of the way um and then the time travel thing just irked me and I'll admit it irked me because I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me as how things should be, and so that's what bugged me the most. And I was, it just felt like it. Like I said, maybe Hopeless like really knows what he's talking about and has like a really good reason to actually fixes this conundrum. But to me, it just felt like a cop out. And so, like I said, if anyone has a reason or an explanation for how it's not a cop-out, please, please, please write in, tweet me, uh, do a Facebook message, whatever, uh, or Andrew, come talk to me in the office, um, (laughs) and let me know how this actually works, because if it works, then, you know, I'll probably forget by the time I record again, but I would intend to recant (laughs) my opinion (laughs) if I hear a good good reason for for the logic on this, but to me, it feels like a cop-out and it really negatively affected, um, yeah, my opinion of this book, um, like significantly. And the fact that the rest of it wasn't that interesting either, I'm going to I'm gonna, gonna kind of lambast this one a little bit. I'm going to give all-new X-Men number 19 one out of six claws. I, I just, I thought it was poop emoji. Um, yeah, so quick rundown on Kenny X-Men. Started off solid, had some good ideas, got derailed by editorial slash events, and ended with a fizzle. Extraordinary X-Men, had one really great issue out of the gate, tanked fast, was pretty terrible most of the time, had one little spike in the middle, and then it was terrible again, and then um, ended with one of the better issues. All new X-Men by Hopeless this the second volume um was pretty solid most of the time right like pretty decent book good character moments had some nice kind of balance of humor um and action for the most part um not super memorable stories like it kind of shied away from like the big stuff i think a little bit which is fine i think he was going for a more character personal book like that's what hopeless was kind of doing um, and he had some really good stuff, like you know the angel Wolverine relationship that was pretty cool, and of course also happened in all new Wolverine, but it you know there's some good stuff in that relationship done in this book as well um and there were good character moments kind of sprinkled throughout it was just kind of a solid book um that ended kind of with i don't know some bad magic tricks, <laughs> so anyway. And that puts the final stamp on everything related to this X-era following IVX, X and um, we will get ready for X-prime and um, you know keep the podcast going with the new status quo however that kind of plays out. So I'm, I don't know I'd be lying if I said I was that optimistic just based on uh, some of the teams I've seen but you know what I'm going to try to really approach it with an open mind and an open heart because I still love the X-Men and I still want to love these books so I will try my best to enjoy them and you know we'll see what happens I'm hoping for a few pleasant surprises so anyway that's going to do it for this bonus episode hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time real soon Um, as usual like the Facebook page Twitter is at snickcast website is snickcast.podbean.com and that's going to do it so until next time hugs and snicks everybody bye bye and snacked.